So we're excited tonight all the way from Foundation Church, Pastor Tom Lapley, all the way coming to bring us Dr. What, what was it, Pastor Rodney? Doctor of COVIDology. I'm excited tonight. Can I give it up one more time for Pastor Tom? Be seated, everybody. Lord, we love you. We praise you tonight. You are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, rule, reign. Lord, I don't have anything to offer outside of what you have to offer. So, Holy Spirit, you are invited to rule and to reign and to have your way in this assembly. We, we are not at the church. The church is here tonight. And Lord, we give you our worship. We give you our time. We give you our attention. We give you our brokenness. And Holy Spirit, we ask you, Lord, to rule, reign, have your way. In Jesus' mighty name, church shouts, amen and amen. Praise you, Lord, tonight. You know, there's a, there's a real church out there and there's a fake church out there. Do you know that? That's the truth. Let me tell you this. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Preach the word. Be, be instant, in season, out of season. When it's popular and when it's not popular, you preach the word. Amen? Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. What's the following verses? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. You know, the verse that comes to my mind in this time that we are in, and this is not a time of COVID-19. This is a time for the church to rise. This is the opportunity of a lifetime for each and every person in this room. And I want to make this, and everybody watching, I want to make this personal to you tonight. I want the gospel to work for you. You're in a covenant relationship with God, and I want you to place demands on the covenant. Anybody comfortable with that tonight? You need to put demands on the relationship that you have with God. Understand the work is already done. It's not insulting for God that you put demands on the covenant. The verse that comes to my mind over and over and over again during this time is Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. If you've heard me preach here, it's not, it's, it's, it's on purpose because it's God that keeps giving me the verse. And Jesus said to his disciples, he said, and I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I give you the keys. Let's put that in modern day vernacular. He gave you the keys to the Ferrari or whatever car you love. He gave you the keys to it. I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Here's the key, though. Have you taken up that mantle? Will you put that demand on the gospel? And I want you to know that's the problem in the church today is that nobody knows the word of God. Nobody stands in the word of God. Look at what this says. And I give you the ability. Now, how many people have been taught, don't amen this for me for just a minute. How many of you have been taught or believe that God is in control? Don't amen. A lot of people believe God is in control. That's not the case. It's Psalm 107.20. It says that he sent his word. What is the word of God? You don't believe Jesus and the word. You believe that Jesus is the word. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's John chapter one, verse one. John chapter one, verse 14 says, the Word came in the flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one, 1 John 5, 7. There is no Jesus and the Word, it is Jesus is the Word. There is no delineation between the two. That's the problem, and, and um, Pastor Allen said this earlier, Psalm 138.2, he has magnified his word above all his name. Here's the thing, what you can do with his name is make any personal Jesus that you want. You can make Jesus into being whoever you want him to be when you have magnified his name above his word. But the Bible says that he has magnified his word above his name. It actually says above all his name. So we've been given, you and I have been given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What, it doesn't say whatever Jesus binds or whatever God binds. It says whatever you bind on earth will then be matched in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, that will be matched in heaven. It doesn't say, see, it's very easy to just sit back and say, you know what, God is in control and you believe in sort of a mysterious God. In Mark 4, 11, it says, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. It's like people who say, you know what, I believe that God can heal, but I don't know if God will heal. God always heals. He took up your infirmities and he carried your diseases. Matthew chapter eight, verses 16 and 17. See, see the, what I did was I, I can create my own Jesus by saying, well, you know, I, I believe in God and I believe that he can heal, but I don't know if he will heal. Now I've created my own version of Jesus, where his word said that he took up all of our infirmities and carried our diseases. If you need healing tonight, know that he's not even going to heal you. You've already been healed. By his stripes, you were healed. Not you're going to be healed. You have already been healed. Well, what blocks me? Nobody's gonna, nobody preaches what I'm about to preach to you, except for maybe here at the river. What blocks you from receiving? This isn't even what I was gonna preach on right now. I just felt led to tell you this during worship. What blocks you from receiving? I'll, I'll ask you this question. You guys are looking at me like you're scared, just so you know, don't worry, I'm not gonna do anything. I know most of you don't know me. What is, I'm not gonna preach heresy. Pastor Rodney would never let me up here if I was gonna preach heresy to you. What keeps you from being able to receive? You're already prospered, so why am I not prospering? Will we dare ask that question? Why am I personally not prospering? I'll hear a story about prosperity and I'm asking the whole time, if I'm honest, maybe I'm hiding and I'm putting, putting up some fake smiles and some fake hallelujahs, or maybe I'm just trying real hard, but inside I'm going, why is it that I'm not healed? Why is it that I'm not prospered and everybody else is? Or it appears that everybody else is, or maybe everybody else is faking. You ever ask yourself that? I do. I've asked myself many times in many different services, why am I the only one not being touched? Does that resonate with anybody? So why is it, why is it that we are not prospered when God wants us prospered? Why is it that we're not, you know, for the, for the grace of God, we know that in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, verse 9, that though, through his poverty, you and I have become rich, so why are we not prospered? Why are we not healed? Why, why exactly has that not happened for us? Do you know what the, what the explanation is in Scripture? 
Whenever there was an expectation of the miraculous and it did not occur, what did Jesus say? What did he say? Every single time there was an expectation of the miraculous and it did not occur, what was Jesus's explanation for it? Pastor Allen came close to in scripture tonight. It's in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, where you had the father of the epileptic demon-possessed boy. He brought, the, he brought his son to the disciples and they could not cast out the demon. And the, and the disciples went to Jesus privately and they said, why could we not cast him out? Do you ask yourself that? I'm telling you, you're not implementing the Bible unless you ask yourself those questions. Don't fall into the theology that's not the Bible. We're gonna get into the dangers of that tonight. Don't fall into the dangers of, what, uh, of, of, of believing something that's not the word of God. So when they couldn't cast out that demon out of that child, they went to Jesus privately, it says, and they asked, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, what? Because of your unbelief. Now those people were on their way to heaven. Is that, you can't preach that in any church. I preach it in my church because I don't care. I'll preach whatever I want. I'll preach, I'll say Republican, I'll say Democrat, I'll say abortion, I'll do whatever I want at my church. This is the only church I've ever been asked to preach at other than my own. I asked myself to preach at my own church. But other than that, this is all I got is right here. But that, you're not allowed to preach that because it's insulting, but I don't care. I look at what the word of God says. The reason why we don't receive is unbelief, but you're thinking, I do believe, yes, you believe unto salvation, I get it. We have lots of Christians in the house tonight. Everyone's saved in here, right? Amen, shout amen. amen. So we have Christians in the house, but why are we not seeing the miraculous? Why is it that people come in and out of our churches in wheelchairs and stay in them? I'm not satisfied with that. This is the hill that I've chosen to die on. I'm not satisfied with that, I don't care. I don't care, I want that person out of the chair. I don't want their life lessons. I don't want them humbled. I want them out of the chair. So why are they not out of the chair? Are we gonna ask or not? Are we gonna just be another generation that brings nobody out of wheelchairs and doesn't give sight to the blind and doesn't raise the dead? Another generation of evangelicals to say God's coming any minute now. It's gonna be a mighty move of God any second. Now listen, you want a mighty move of God? Anybody want that? What does it take? You see, people don't know. I might insult you tonight, heavy duty offense alert. If you're, if you're, if you're you know, you got soft skin, watch out. What does it take? If you want a mighty move of God, what does it take? God move, God move, God move. That doesn't do it, he's already moved. He's already moved. You can pray for revival all you want. It's not going to happen. You have to go with the Bible. The Bible says all you have to do is agree. Find one other person that will agree with you that God is powerful, that God is mighty, that God has already moved, he's already healed, he's already prospered. He's already brought everybody back from the dead and you will see God move because that's the Bible. Praying for revival is not the Bible. I know that breaks people's heart. Find it, challenge me, but you better be well armed. Go ahead, challenge me, but I'm telling you, you better know it, because I've already looked. 
All you need to do is agree. Find one other person and you can change your city. You can change your whole country. The reason why we don't see God move is unbelief. So what's the answer? First thing you have to do is the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and save us such as be of a contrite spirit. You've gotta be broken enough to go before God and say to him, in Mark chapter nine, verse 24, the father of the epileptic demon-possessed boy says to Jesus, I do believe, but help my unbelief. You have to do that or you're going nowhere. Doesn't matter how many sermons you listen to. You're gonna have to go to God. God's not gonna bind for you. He's not gonna loose for you. He's not gonna ask for you. He's not gonna receive for you. You've gotta take action. You heard tonight many times from Pastor Allen. 2 Timothy chapter two, verse four. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. You're gonna have to take action. It's quiet in here. This might be the quietest church I've ever preached in, but I've only preached in two. When it came to this season of opportunity that we're in right now. This is a great opportunity because God has decided to come in and discern between the wheat and the chaff, the fake, the pure and the profane, the fake and the real. This is, a, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. It may seem overwhelming at times, but it's the opportunity of a lifetime. What should have been the response of the church in this season that we are in right now? What should have been the response? It's really no different than what I just told you. You respond with the word of God every single time. Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33 says, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. That doesn't sound Christ-like, that's Jesus talking. Disown, Jesus used words like disown, yes, more than once. He said that? Well, then you can take that and you say, well, I'm, I'm saved, so I'm not disowning Jesus. What about situationally? What about when it came to prosperity? What about when it comes to healing? What about when it comes to COVID-19? Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. What should have been the response of the church in this time? What should have been our response? Very easy. Preach the word, preach the word, but I, it could cost me. Well, they hung Jesus on a cross. The only threat to your well-being is what? You should know this. What's the only threat to your well-being? Pastor Allen said tonight, he doesn't have a care in the world. He's right, there's only one threat to your well-being. What is it? Martyrdom, that's it. Because that's the only threat to Jesus' well-being. The only threat to your life is you being placed in a position by God's ordinance to lay down your life. That's it. The rest of it, you are completely and totally safe. No plague shall draw near thy dwelling. Ask and it shall be given you. Bind it's bound, loose it's loosed. That's the word of, well, you know, we believe that, Tom, but you know, you have to use wisdom. That's heresy. It's heresy to ever say that in front of, to, to speak those things. 
Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. Ecclesiastes 5.2, you don't say, well, I believe in the Bible, but you have to use wisdom. Use, who's, whose wisdom are you using? Romans chapter nine, verse 20 says, but who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Well, yes, you know, I really believe that, Tom. Yeah, you know, uh, you bind, you lose. Those are really nice slogans. But you gotta use wisdom, you know. This is a deadly plague. First of all, that's a lie. Who, who are we as people to say to God, you know what, Lord, Lord, I'm going to discern your word. I'm gonna decipher your word. I'm gonna filter your word through my wisdom. If God told you to bind, if it's an illness, who cares? Tom, people, people's lives are in danger. So what? You drive your car, don't you? People's lives are in danger. This was the perfect deception of the world. Did everybody think that the beast, the devil, the dragon's gonna come knocking on your door saying, here's the mark of the beast, I'm Satan. Satan here, what's your mark? He's not gonna do that, it's gonna come with a clever camouflage. And that camouflage is a 99.9% .9 survivable virus. Pastor Allen said earlier that the church is still here. Yeah, but this lampstand has been removed. I know it's, well, it's quiet. Have you, ever, do you ever, have you ever read Revelation 2 and 3? You, got, you have your churches there. Seven of them, five of which are not doing well. Smyrna and Philadelphia, that was it. They're the ones that were doing good. Everybody else had a grievous threat placed on them by Jesus himself. Ephesus, the church that had lost their first love. The threat was, you know what, you shall, re you, you shall repent quickly or I will come quickly and remove your lampstand. What does that mean? I will remove your platform. If you go to churches today that have closed or ever closed, Unless they have publicly repented and renounced turning their back on the word of God, they are devoid of the Holy Spirit. Watch them. Go to them. I'm not, I mean, I want you all to be at the river as much as you possibly can, but do an experiment. Go to your local ark church next Sunday. The ones that closed for eight or nine months. Being community partners and good neighbors and political butt kissers and bootlickers. Go there. Go to those churches and you, you see a lot of us, when we're in spirit-led, spirit-filled churches like this one, we're spoiled. I walk in here, every time I walk in this building I start crying and I'm not really a crier. We get used to it, we're like, man, I've got it good. Yeah, you do, because it's the Holy Spirit. As much talent is on this stage, whether it's pastor preaching, Octavia singing, whoever it may be, Yes, there's lots of talent, but the, they, there's all kinds of talent in those dead churches too, and it's dead. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that counts. And when you turn your back on his sword, it's over until you repent. God will always take you back and see how sweet I am. If all you need to do is repent, if you're a pastor and you're watching tonight, 
All you need to do if you want the Holy Spirit back is you need to do a Facebook Live now. You don't even have to watch me preach anymore. Do a Facebook Live and say to the world, I am sorry I ever closed. I turned my back on the word of God. I was wrong. I was told to bind. I was told to loose. I was told that he took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. And no plague shall draw, shall, shall draw near my dwelling. And I closed anyway. I was wrong and I repent. Holy Spirit's coming back. But why won't people do that? Too much to lose by doing the right thing. Too much, listen, Jesus' style. His style and his profile. Little Ric Flair there. His style is to repent. A 180 degree hardcore turn. Not thinking about it, not getting counsel over it. You know you're wrong, it's time to repent. That's what, that's what should happen now. Well, you know what? I wanna be a good neighbor and a community partner, don't wanna offend anybody. That's not the Bible. Does anybody ever read Jesus anymore? Jesus would not pass most people's church boards to be their pastor. He would not make it through the process. And here's the thing, and even if they knew it was Jesus, Jesus walks into about any of these churches and says, you know what, I wanna be your pastor. Who are you? Jesus Christ. Okay, we've confirmed that. You are Jesus. And he starts to talk, he's out because he's not Christ-like enough. Because they form their own Jesus because they worship the name of Jesus instead of the word which is Jesus. Two very different things. Well, I wanna be a good neighbor and a community partner. That's not the Bible. That's not Jesus. You know, trust the experts. Trust the experts, Uh, what book is that in? The book of stupid? Does that come before or after Psalms? Trust the experts, who? Fauci, the CDC, Peter Daszak, the NIH, Klaus Schwab? Why don't you just go join the Democratic Party? Just hand your life over to the WEH. Trust the experts. Well, you know what, Tom, I get it, you know, and I believe what you're saying, but I, you know, I wear a mask to be respectful to others. That's not the Bible. See, you strap on a lie to be respectful to others, knowing that the devil is the father of lies and that his native language is lies and he was a murderer from the beginning and you strap a lie on your face? Well, I don't wanna rock the boat. Listen, I'm gonna tell you something. From pastors being scared to rock the boat, that will send more people to hell than their original sin. Why would you ever listen to liars on any level? Why would, I, why would anybody? I know I'm preaching to the choir in this building, but hopefully somebody is hearing this outside. Why would you ever listen to liars on any level? Why would you listen to the spewings of a reprobate? Let's look at these verses, John chapter eight, 44 and 45. I just summarized them a second ago. You belong to your father, the devil. And you can't, this is Jesus talking, again, not very Christ-like. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. I want you to notice something in our world. Who's the ones that are advocating for, for tyranny, for your own personal tyranny? 
Who is it? You, you realize the state of Indiana just locked down for the 16th time as a Republican governor? 16. Today's July 5th. 16 months into 14 days to flatten the curve. Tom, I'm tired of talking about COVID. Listen, you're going to have to deal with it because I'm telling you, this is the precursor for the mark of the beast. You've got to get out in front of it. The church has got to rise. The church has got to speak out. You ever notice the commonality between the people that push COVID lies? COVID tyranny is that they also push for mass death because they are of their father, the devil. Oh no, Tom, these are the people trying to save lives. Yeah, they're the same people that were crying about kids in cages, right? Where are they now? In, in Trump's last month in office, he had about 1,000 kids in cages. There's 26,000 of them now. You don't hear a peep. 26 times what there were when they were all at the border. Remember AOC down there? Oh, oh, remember that? You don't see her now, do you? Because she doesn't really care about life. They're responsible for 60 million deaths per year. What are you talking about, Tom? Worldwide, that's the abortion count every year. How many kids were murdered in the womb, outside the womb, in the birth canal in 2020? 60 million. And these are the people trying to, quote, unquote, save your life? You, you need to understand it's about way more than COVID. It's about good versus evil, the power of God versus the power of Satan. And what did the church do in response to Satan's move? Crawl into a corner, close their churches, stuff their thumbs in their mouth and get in the fetal position. That's what they did. And I'm talking 99.9% .9 of churches right here in Hillsborough County, in my own county of Sarasota, 99.9% .9 closed. And the ones that were open should have just closed anyway because they were all COVID mitigated. Again, bowing to lies. And I want you to notice something. The people that are spouting for your personal tyranny are murderers from the beginning. They have that in common with Satan. What's the COVID response done worldwide? Caused 300 million people to starve to death. Do you know that? You, where did you get that? It has to be a right-wing website. That's, the, you know, that's gotta be Alex Jones. No, it's from the UN. It probably means it's four or 500 million because I'm sure they're not putting out honest numbers. Do you believe that? Yeah, it's absolutely true, primarily children. So allegedly three to four million people have died of COVID, which isn't true, by the way. But in response to trying to allegedly save those people, they've killed three to 400 million. You know why? Because they're murderers from the beginning. And the church went hand in hand, yoked themselves with the devil. See, I know some of us, we just want to be touched by the Holy Spirit. I get it. But you're going to have to start off with, you're going to have to start off with the word of God and how we should respond to Satan's attacks. A great way to respond is this church. I'm not tooting my own horn. A great way to respond is my church. I never closed, never will, nothing. Oh, look at it. I will never vaccinate. I will never mask. If you come to my home, 
brown shirts with your vaccines, it's going down. That's my hill. You're not sticking the Fauci ouchie in my arm. It ain't gonna happen or anywhere else. You'll get an injection, it'll be a full metal jacket. Look at the attributes, if you wanna call them that, of the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has that in common with all the COVID crazies, including the church. The church has led the way in crazy. Who closes their church for a flu bug? Not holding to the truth. So you, like I said earlier, what are you supposed to do as a believer? Go to God, well, you know what, Lord? I believe in your mysterious will, come what may. That's not holding to the truth. Jesus said, if you bind, if you speak to the mountain, it will move. Surely I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. You have to do it. That's holding to the truth, not believing, well, there's some sort of ambiguous mystery shrouded in mist, God's will out there. It's not, what do you want? Then name it. Well, it didn't work the first time. What does supplication mean? Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. What does supplicate mean? That's out of Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. Nobody else knows either, believe me, I know. Supplicate means do it again. Quiet now. See how this is my gift. This is my gift to the church. Pastor Rodney brings laughter. I bring dead to the wall freaking silence. <laughs> That's my gift. See how it works? See, the devil doesn't hold on to the truth. The truth is the truth. If you don't get what you're asking for, it's unbelief. That's the truth. What are you supposed to do with a flu bug? Bind it and never think about it again. You don't close your church. Look at me, pastors. You don't close your church. What were you thinking? Bowing to the devil. For there is no truth in him, no truth in the devil. When he lies, he speaks his native language. And you strap a mask on as a Christian when you have the ability to bind the loose? What do you have as a Christian? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians chapter one, verse three. You're a joint heir with Jesus. Romans chapter eight, 16 and 17. The spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and if children then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs in Christ. And you close your church? You can't bind? When did Jesus ever get the sniffles? Says you're a joint heir. When did he get the, now name it. When did he get the sniffles? Well, I can't do the cross today, God. I'm a little under the weather. He was a liar from the beginning and the father of lies. And listen to what Jesus says here. Yet because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. I want to tell you something tonight. The truth has no effect 
on somebody who's agenda-driven. You may, have, you may even be you tonight. You know, I can't believe what Tom says because it offends my theology. I haven't told you anything that's not in the Bible. What Jesus do you follow if it's not the Bible? The beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. There are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. What Jesus are we following if it's not the Bible? Well, that's not real exciting, Tom. I'd rather just, you know, go to conferences and be touched. Listen, Pastor Rodney will tell you himself. Pastor Ryan will tell you. Pastor Allen will tell you. When you get touched and you get slain onto the ground, which I love all that I do, I'm all in. I'm just telling you, that's a launching pad. It's not a lifestyle. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Again in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. The truth has no effect on somebody who's committed to an agenda. I will not be moved by God's word. I would never let the Bible get in the way of my theology. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith is the word of God. There's no delineation between two. This holds the promises. God wants you to win every time. Do you believe that? Well, no, I believe there's some lessons in losing. No, there's not. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. You know what always means in the Greek? Always. How about the Hebrew? How about the American? How about the Swahili? Always, always causes us to triumph in Christ. And we are his witnesses because of our triumphs and maketh manifest the savour of his knowledge by us in every place. We are his witnesses through our victories, not our losses. It's as clear as day. There is no ambiguity in the word of God at all. People have made it that way because they want to be comfortable in losing and make excuses for themselves. You know what I say when I lose? Anybody in here outside of me ever prayed for somebody that wasn't healed? You know what I say? There's unbelief in the camp. It's either me or them. You know why? Because that's what the Bible says. You know, think that makes me feel good about myself? No, but I'm okay with that. Because that, this path is the only path to the miraculous. And better is one day, better is one day in his courts. Yeah, I'm 52 right now. If I raise the, my first person from the dead when I'm 72, Psalm 8410, better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere, I'll take it. You raise one person from the dead, you are on the upper echelon of Christianity. I'm talking about the top 0.01%. I'm not saying it to be competitive. I'm saying it so that we are successful. This is what God wants from us. From whom much has been given. Oh, he kind of asked for much. No. Much is demanded. Now that, where do you get that from? That's Jesus talking in Luke chapter 12, verse 48. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. Listening to conservatives and Christian pundits today saying the things that they say is actually laughable. I got this from my worship leader. He sent this to me, I think, yesterday. I'm struggling not to tell you the name. Maybe some of you can guess, and if you catch me afterwards, I'll tell you the name. I don't know if Pastor Rodney would approve of me giving you the name. It's a huge name in Christianity. Out of Australia. <laughs> So our, this is 
from him, pastor of a large church. So our NSW, their health authority, government has come up with an edict that not even one person can sing into a camera. This is yesterday now, remember, 16 months into 14 days to flatten the curve. Not even one person can sing into a camera to lead live stream Christian worship. My question, first question is to the pastor, why are you doing live stream? Why are you not holding meetings? Well, it could cost me, yeah. Cost Pastor Rodney too. Yes, it cost Pastor Pulaski. You know what Pastor Rodney bought when he did what he did? He bought my freedom. That should sound familiar. When he got arrested, I was on the verge of getting arrested. It was ugly out there. It was an ugly, there was a black, these skies don't nearly, symbolically speaking, the skies outside don't come close to matching it. You should have seen what was written about me in our local, on our local uh, social media. Not pretty. I trespassed a guy off of our, off of our property. I know I, I was deputy sheriff myself, 25 years, 1992 to 2017, Sarasota County. I said, I knew what I was doing. I called up, I trust, almost trespassed this crazy man off of our property. I go out there and I went to handshake with the deputy and say, hey, how are you doing? My name's Tom. And he goes, I know who you are. It wasn't because we were cop buddies. He knew I was because my name was out in the community of that crazy lunatic that's killing all of his people, having his church open. What did Pastor Rodney do for me? He paid the price, took the pinch, and the rest of us pastors in Florida never, ever saw law enforcement. And I will say this. I'll say this to my brothers and sisters in law enforcement. Because I'm telling you, one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life is the capitulation of law enforcement who swore to uphold and defend the Constitution of America, arresting, arresting people for not social distancing. It's an absolute atrocity. And God bless the cops who refused to do it, even at the loss of their jobs. Pastor Rodney said, I'm, just, I'm gonna lose my entire reputation by getting arrested. He's the only, only international figure. People will say another guy, but he's a, I'm not gonna mention his name, but he's the only international figure, big name, that stood up. Where are the rest of them? I wish that I had special effects right now and I'd play crickets for you. Crickets, 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 nothing, nobody. Not us, name them, go ahead, name them. I'm reading one of his things right here. So R.S., our NSW government has come up with an edict that not even one person can sing into a camera to leave live, lead live stream Christian worship. This is clearly religious discrimination and so archaic, it's hard to believe. Christians, stand up. Stand up. He's closed for a year. And you're saying stand up? They tell you that you can't play your instruments on camera and now you're enraged? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out and tell other Christians to stand up? You're like, Tom, why are you, why are you preaching about this? Because I'm telling you. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, entitled The Great Falling Away. 
Well, you can't lose your salvation, Tom. You can't fall away. Who told you that? Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. First Timothy chapter four, verse one, shall I go on? If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Hebrews 10, 26 and 27, I could go on and on and on and on. But this is what enrages people. You know, nobody preaches about losing your salvation. Why? It's not popular. I want you to think about how cruel it is to have people sitting in your churches full of sin and not warning them about apostasy. Not a word. And Jesus says in his word that he's not coming back until most people fall away. The love of most will go cold. Who turned Pastor Rodney in? Wasn't the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. Had nothing to do with them. Who turned them in? Other pastors. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Whoops! Love, 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 love. No, it's word, 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 word. The word is love. Don't come up with your own definition of love now. The word is love. God is love. Jesus is the word. Jesus is God, so the word is love. At that time, many will turn away from the faith. You can't lose your salvation. Then what are you turning away from? What are you falling away from? They were never saved to begin with. And how are they falling away? Calvinist? How are they falling away from that which they never had? Calvinist? You must, you, it's so easy to see. If you believe something that's antithetical to scriptures, no wonder you believe in Anthony Fauci. And people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Destroyed for, what's the next part of the verse? Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. Because if I do, I'll ruin my Baptist heritage. Who cares about your Baptist heritage? Well, my grandmother went to that church for 40 years. Who cares? Why don't you just make an Ezra pole to her and burn incense to her? Get out of there. Come here, get knocked over in the Holy Spirit and let life begin. Who turned Pastor Rodney and other pastors? At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. The love of most will go cold. The love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end, that one will be saved. Where did you get that from? That's just Jesus talking. Don't be offended. Matthew 24, 10 through 13. They tell you that you can't play instruments on camera and that enrages you? Pastor, megachurch, who didn't stand up. I haven't heard hide nor hair of this man for 16 months after 14 days to flatten the curve. Not hide nor hair. Only international figure I ever heard of was Pastor Rodney R. Brown, that's it. We met because I made a video. I had no, I, you can believe me or not, I have had absolutely no motives. I, I reach on social media every week tens of people.
I had no motives. My average viewing audience on my Facebook Lives was 20 to 40 people. I was just enraged at his arrest. Never met him before in my life. In all honesty, the River Church scared me. <laughs> I'm Pentecostal. I spoke in tongues, but the River Church scared me. Pastor Rodney scared me. But I still knew that he was a brother in Christ. I knew everybody here is saved. If they did what he, they, what, he, what he preached, I knew they were all saved. I knew that he was standing up. And I saw what happened. I saw that he was arrested. And it really, what torqued me more than anything was two things. First of all, the capitulation of the church. Second of all, the capitulation of law enforcement. The dare issue a warrant for inciting a church service? Violating county safety orders? Come on, cops. You, what, what do you do? What do you expect me to lose my job? Yep. I said the moment when I was a cop, again, I was a cop 25 years and a day straight. I was retired as a sergeant with the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office, pulled up, badge number 913. I've always told my wife, I told other cops, the day that they make me arrest people for spanking their kids, I'm out. The day that they say that we have to go collect every firearm, I'm out. How about you cops? I know there's cops in the room. I love you guys. I hope you're standing with me. You have to. Just like Pastor Rodney said, I'm gonna sacrifice my whole career, my whole reputation. I'm gonna be brought out of my own home by the Hernando County Sheriff's Office out of a warrant from Hillsborough County. When I saw that, the first time I saw that video was like a month ago. I'd never seen the video of his actual arrest. Boy, my daughter and I were sitting right up here somewhere and we were just bawling our brains out. It enraged me to see that. That's how we met. But you know what? He paid the price and I never had to face the cops. Florida, he bought it for us. Listen, I love Ron DeSantis, but I'm telling you flat out, we were going the wrong way. Pastor got arrested. Suddenly, churches were decreed to be essential. Again, I want to mention names so bad, I might come to a place sometime when I mention them. There's a local pastor right here in Largo, Florida, badmouthing Pastor Rodney, badmouthing Jonathan Shuttlesworth, badmouthing Tony Spell, another person who got arrested. Closed his church. He actually started a petition to make churches non essential after Pastor Rodney paid the price to make them essential. This goofball, pansy gelding. He's starting, he's Pentecostal. His website looks the same as this one. Calls himself the Patriot Pastor now. I just unleashed hell on his own social media, probably. And he goes and starts having pastors sign a petition to make churches non-essential out of their love for the community. So the church is the same as a strip club, an abortion clinic, and your local McDonald's? This is the body of Christ. This is where the body of Christ gathers, and you're gonna make it equal. You're gonna show your love by saying, you know what, we're the same as Lowe's, which never closed anyway. So they tell you that you can't play your instruments on camera, and now you're enraged, but you take the vaccine? At what point do you call liars, liars? I see this all the time in conservative punditry. I saw this the other day, I talked about it last night. One of my favorite conservative pundits says, you know what? 
basically the hill I'm gonna die on is I'm not gonna have my kids vaccinated. But what did he say right after that? Well, I just wanna make it clear, I wanna be transparent to everybody that my wife and I got vaccinated. What are you doing? So how do you fight against lies while endorsing the liar? It enrages you that you can't play instruments in front of the camera, but you take a vaccine, you mask, you lock down. You ever seen the videos of the churches that between services come out with their foggers and fog all their seats? With biohazard suits on? Just close your church forever if that's you. If you have a mask section, either repent or close forever because you're violating the word of God with your lies. Close your church forever. All you're doing is preaching heresy instead of standing in the word of God. You ever see the COVID clumps? What on earth is that? That's my own term. You can have it, by the way. You can market it however you see fit. I license you. COVID clumps, that's mine. Those are churches that took out every seat out of their sanctuary and you had to bring your own lawn chair and sit with your own family in your taped off area. Oh, wait a minute, I could have swore the Bible said it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burned again by yoke of slavery and you're surrounded by gorilla tape and you abide by that wall and you're, you're not supposed to be burned again by a yoke of slavery, but you're yoked by gorilla tape in your COVID clumps with your masked kids? You can't be anti-vaccine for your kid while you took it. That's like saying, I, like, hey kids, don't you wanna be a Christian but dad's staring at porn every night? Thou hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye. Then go preach. I added the second part myself. 2 Corinthians 5, 6 says this. Your glorying is not good, pastor from Australia. Stand up, church. Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? You closed for a year, and now you're saying stand up? Nobody, if you come out and you humble yourself, remember like Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, verse 4? Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. If this pastor comes out and he says, I was wrong, fine. But now you can't just pretend. There's no whitewashing history. Jesus is a God of repentance. Not acting like, well, we opened our church now. You know, we're just gonna pretend like history never happened. No, you defiled the word of God and you've never made it right. That's why the Holy Spirit is gone from those churches. Do you know, I mean, do you know, look at, look, at, look at me, Canada is gone. Do you know that? There's nothing up there, it's gone, it's a totalitarian state. Why, because there's, listen, I talked to Pastor Pulaski last night for two hours. They didn't just, they're not gone now, they've been gone for 20 years. And don't think we're far behind them, but it's places like this. You've gotta be out in front of it. People have to see you. You can't be afraid to say it. You can't be afraid to be arrested. You can't be afraid to lose your job. But my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 
You stand in the word of God, you don't think, well, what are the consequences if I stand? You stand. Pastors and Christians, they don't understand that they've joined themselves together with liars and baby butchers. They have that in common. Every, I mean, Joe Biden is the biggest baby butchering president in the history of America, unleashing. You know what? I love how the Democratic Party says that they're friends of the black community. And I get called a big fat redneck. Fat part's true. I don't want anybody to die. I'm not the one who stuck a Planned Parenthood on every corner and every urban center in America. The lovers of the black community did that. And the number one cause of death in the black community is not white police officers. White police officers kill about 200 black people a year. It's 300,000 abortions. Put there, see I told you, I'm not afraid. Put there by the demon rat Democratic Party. And then the, the black community votes them in and votes them in and votes them in. They're, the one, they're murderers from the beginning. Look at, look at who's behind the vaccine. Bill Gates' father was on the board of Planned Parenthood, the number one butcherer of the black community, a eugenist. Hillary Clinton sings the praises of Margaret Sanger who said that black people need to be eliminated. Now, I know this is racist to say today. I don't care about color. Who cares? Do you know what my criteria was when I was dating? I'm married to the pretty blonde lady in the front now for 25 years. But my criteria when I was dating is to say, no, I'm not a racist by saying I don't care about race. Critical race theory says that if I say I don't care about race, I'm a racist. My criteria when I was dating was this, and I don't know which, which one was the proper order. Hot and love Jesus. I don't know which one came in first place. <laughs> I don't care what color any, I don't care who they, I don't care what color they were, where they came from, what their background was. Are they, are they in Jesus? And are they hot? <laughs> I don't know which one was in first place or second, but that was it. The pastors and Christians have yoked themselves together with the hater of, haters of humanity. They want people to die. Bill Gates said it himself, I want to control the world's population through vaccines. How does that work? The devil sows confusion. All of this is a common spirit. It's coming again. Tom, all you do is talk about COVID. It's not. Pastor Ron, you want me to focus on COVID tonight. It's coming again. Next, what's the next lockdown gonna be for? Do you know? You should. It's the Great Reset. Go to their website. You'll own nothing and be happy. It's the Great Reset. They're gonna lock you down for climate change. Oh, that could never happen. Yeah, we all thought this couldn't happen either, didn't we? I don't mean to be mean to humanity, but I'm just telling you, there's just a lot of goofy and stupid people out there. I experienced it on the highway tonight, and I experienced it in 25 years in law enforcement. 
You know, you're out there, and the cops around here will know this. Whenever there's a crash on the interstate, what's gonna be the next thing that happens? In weather like this, what's the next thing that's gonna happen? If I brought that police officer in the back up on the stage, he would tell you. What's the next thing that would happen? There's gonna be another crash, and then another one after that, why? You're out on the interstate, and it's raining. What do you have to do in order for there not to be multiple crashes after the first one? Slow down. What do people do? I used to watch them. I'd be sitting there working a crash, and I'm like, here comes the second one. Then I see a guy barreling down the interstate at 90 miles an hour. We have a 1,000 blue lights going. Ambulances, I'm like, that doesn't give you some sort of clue that you might want to slow down? No, and then he locks them up and slides into the car in front of me or my own police car. It's just not, I mean, it's just, it's a lack, it's no wonder that all you have to do is say to people, you know, we got a virus here that has a 0.1% post-infection death rate and we're gonna lock everything down. Okay. There, that guy driving down the interstate. Couldn't get up, I was almost late getting here tonight because of two crashes on the interstate. It's raining. You know what's gonna happen when you hit your brakes? Your car's gonna slide. How do you not know that when you're 58 years old? I don't know. But pastors and Christians have joined themselves. Everybody only uses this verse when it comes to dating. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 and 15. It's only used as a dating verse. It's like Luke chapter 6, verse 38. It's only used as a giving verse. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. That's only used as a giving verse. No, neither one of them even relates to that subject. They're apropos, but that's not what they were written about. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 and 15 says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Don't do what they say. Why would you do what a homicidal crazy person tells you to do? Some, I want you to think about an abortion and what it takes to be okay with that. Have you ever watched one? Neither have they. My sister used to be pro-choice until she became uh, a, a physician's assistant for an orthopedic surgeon, had to go through all that training, had to watch abortions. Suddenly pro-life. As you watch now, especially in these, in these modern, modern technologies that we have now where you can see inside the womb that, man, that kid looks like her mom. Do you, you know what sort of homicidal person you have to be to stick a vacuum inside of a mother's womb and pull out piece by bloody piece a human being? These are the people who want you to wear a mask. Do not be yoked together with them. What are you doing? Why did you, pastors, why did you close your churches listening to people like this? Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. You know what unbeliever means in the Greek, in the Hebrew, in the English? Unbeliever. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship could light have with darkness? Listen to verse 15. What harmony is there between Jesus and the devil? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Nothing. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Do you think Anthony Fauci, Joe Biden, the NIH, the World Health Organization is run by the Spirit of God? And now look at what's happened. I'm gonna be done in 19 minutes, just so you know. And look, look, look at what has happened now. We're staring at vaccine passports in the face. 
Don't tell me, pastors, you've seen this before because that's a lie. I'm 52 years old, born in 1968. I've never seen vaccine passports or immuno bands or well health safety seals. What are these things, Tom? You know, have you heard about well health, well health safety seals? Government comes in and deems your building COVID free and puts a seal on your door. Immuno bands, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Immuno bands are everywhere. That's where you get a proof of vaccine. And lo and behold, there's a QR code attached to your wrist. I wonder if eventually it'll be on your right hand or on your forehead. Excelsior pastors in New York are in full swing. Can't go to a New York Rangers game unless you've got your Excelsior pass. Can't buy, sell, or trade in Israel without your green pass. Facts. That's the truth. Hey, but you know, COVID caving, gelding, pastor, don't worry about it. It has nothing to do with Revelation 13, 16 through 18, right? He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a, a, a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Nothing to do with that? Now that you're being marked, you're allowed in, you're not. You can't buy or sell or trade in Israel without your green pass. You can't buy, sell, or trade in New York without your Excelsior pass. They're breaking out country-wide QR codes in Canada. This is not right-wing conspiracy. All you gotta do is listen to one speech from Justin Trudeau. He's singing their praises. Just, I, I watched the, uh, a segment of a speech from the, I think it was actually her old speech from the president of, of the European Union came out with her cell phone, with her QR code. The whole, uh, 13 of those countries have already agreed to it that you cannot cross the border without it. And pastors, don't, who's preaching about this outside of the River Church and Foundation Church? Who's preaching? Who's preaching about it? Not a soul. Not a soul, nobody's preaching about it. Nobody's, nobody's equating immunobands with the mark of the beast, why? At minimum, at minimum, it is greasing the skids for the mark of the beast, and nobody's talking about it? How do you not see this as an evangelical pastor or leader? How do you not see it? Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. They're not led by the Spirit of God. They're led by their own carnality, by the world or by Satan himself. They're not even preaching about it. You know what, the, here's the latest ARC Church sermon series, Fool's Gold and Summer Playlist. In the middle of immuno bands and green passes and COVID passports, you're preaching about a summer playlist? Bunch of geldings. They're a bunch of harem eunuchs. They have absolutely no courage or they have absolutely no revelation or combination therein. You don't see the correlation. Listen to, I just read to you Revelation 13, 16 through 18. I mean 16 and 17, listen to 18. Here is wisdom. How many of you want wisdom? Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and that number is 666. We can understand what the mark of the beast is. It's whatever people are being put on, and they cannot buy, sell, or trade without it. It's already happening. Now, does that mean there's no hope? There's tons of hope. 
All we have to do is stand. I'm calling every Christian pastor. I want you back. I want you back. You were like, well, we're not coming back for somebody as mean as you are. Tom, we'll put aside my meanness. I want you back. But you're going to have to repent. You can't keep COVID caving. Amen back there. Christians can't see this. Why? Heading towards the end with this. Man, I'm sweaty. I'll drop a few tonight. Pastor's got Krispy Kremes waiting for me in the back, though, so it's coming right back on. Right back on. So nobody's preaching this. I know, I, I know, I don't mean to yell at you in this room. I know I'm preaching to the choir. I'm hoping that there's one or more that will hear this that will change their life. That will open up their eyes and see the book of Revelation unfolding before their very eyes. Christians can't see this. I, I, I preach about other things, but I'm mentioning COVID passports every week at my church. Why are they not preaching it? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 tells us, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. Pastor Rodney called me on the phone one time. He gets concerned about me that I'm too intense. I'm really not. I mean, once I turn the microphone off, I take naps and eat. That's my lifestyle. And he told me one time, he said, he said, Tom, listen, you've got to know something. They don't know. Because I'm raging machine against them all the time. They don't know. And I'll mix that in. But why don't they know? Because the natural man, who, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, was written to the who? The heathen or the saved? It was written to the saved. Saying right here, the natural man, the natural, the Christian who is saved, but is still natural. You could say the carnal man, the fleshly man. Carnality does not mean sexual sin, it means of the five senses. The carnal man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are Holy Spirit discerned. For everybody probably in this room, if I look at Pastor Ryan, Pastor Allen, Pastor Rodney. Pastor Shannon, Pastor Ray, they already know they smelled, they smelled COVID immediately. That's the devil. But nobody else did. Why is Pastor Rodney Howard Brown the only international figure that stood up? Why? Because the rest of them. Probably because they're surrounded by yes men, bootlickers, and butt kissers. Nobody's told them the truth for decades. That's why you have pastors on national television, huge names, praying for a vaccine instead of preaching the word of God that no plague shall draw near thy dwelling. That's what you preach. That's what you preach. You don't pray in a vaccine. You pray, you preach the word of God. Instantly, in season, out of season. Popular or unpopular, you preach the word. But they don't see it. They don't even know. Where do you get this from? Romans chapter eight, verses five through eight. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds 
set on what that nature desires. What does that mean, that you're living in sin? Absolutely not, it's a sinful nature, your carnal nature. We all have a carnal nature that has to be crucified. It means of the five senses. You know what that can mean? It means people that are totally dedicated to their children above God. Nobody preaches that either. Everybody's afraid to preach that in America because that doesn't abide in the American church. Who's most important? Jesus said, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Matthew chapter 10, verses 37 and 38. You can be somebody who's totally devoted to your kids. You're living according to the sinful nature. What are you supposed to be? Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Holy Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Your life is supposed to be all about the Holy Spirit. He's the one who's here. I won't get deep into this tonight, but most people, their life, most Christians, their life is all about Jesus. Jesus is not here, the Holy Spirit is. That sounds, I know that sounds blasphemous to people, but in the Trinity, each one has their own delineation. Jesus came encased in flesh so that you and I could be righteous in the sight of God. The gift of salvation is what? Going to heaven or the Holy Spirit? It's the Holy Spirit. But those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. That can be on your kids, that can be on your home, that can be on your job. You can go to heaven like this because it's not even saying you're sinning. It just means that your mind is set on earthly things and that's what's happened inside the church. How much concern do you ever see a pastor of the River Church with attendance? What are they concerned with here? Is the Holy Spirit in the room? We don't care if there's 12, 1,200, or 12,000. Is the Holy Spirit in the room? But not those who are led by their carnal nature. That's why they can't see. I'll finish with this. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Who's this written to? Come on, you can say it. I know you're afraid. I wouldn't answer either if I was you. This is written to the church in Rome, to the saved. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile toward God. Can't you see it? They're not preaching about COVID passports. They've locked down their churches. They're hostile toward God. The churches, hostile toward God. The sinful mind, the carnal mind is hostile toward God. Okay, we'll close, Anthony. You told us to close, Fouch, we'll close. They're hostile toward God. They should have been preaching the word. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. This is what I'm finishing with. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Again, don't answer out loud. I know, believe me, I know, Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, no one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. I know the verse. I know that we don't know the specific day or hour, but will the coming of the Lord be a surprise for you? And should it be? 
we could read the season. What season is it in Florida right now? Summer, it's hurricane season, right? We can see the season, look at it outside. We know the season. Just like the parable of the 10 virgins. We can have oil in our lamp and know the season. It won't be a big shock for us when Jesus comes back. But for everybody who's not even talking about COVID caving and vaccine passports, it's gonna rock their world. They have no idea. Believe me, they don't. That's why you get a verse like 2 Peter 3.10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar of the elements. The elements will be destroyed by fire in the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. It will rock their world because they have no idea because a long time ago, they walked away from the word of God. The word of God, see, I'm, I'm proving that I'm done. There you go. If you want your life to change tonight on any level, whether it's somebody in this room, somebody watching on TV, somebody watching on Facebook, somebody watching on YouTube, if you want your life to change, pastors, if you want your ministry to change and you cave to COVID, you're gonna have to publicly repent. Any Christian, if you want the miraculous and you've caved to COVID, you're gonna need to privately repent. Those of us in this room who are already engaged, we are already activists against this tyranny. If you want your life to change, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to activate the word of God and move in it. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. That's the key, I'm telling you right now. That is the key. We have every head bowed and every eye closed. Praise you, Lord, tonight. Holy Spirit, I ask you to move in this place. For those of us in the room and those watching, I wanna put this out first. Who would say just, I'm not gonna bring you forward, I'm not gonna do anything, I just want to know who I'm agreeing with. Who would say through an uplifted hand that you know what, I need to engage in the word of God. I'm wondering why. I'm wondering why things don't go the way that I want them to go. I'm saved, I love Jesus, I'm going to heaven. I'm even filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, wherever it is that you, wherever it is that you're, where, where, wherever it is that you sit right now in any of those things. But you know what, I want answers. Tom, I want answers. Why am I not giving sight to the blind? Why am I not experiencing the provision of God? Because Jesus said that the Bible, the word of God is seed. Matthew 13, Mark 4, Luke 8, the parable of the sower. The word of God is seed and be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man sows that shall he also reap. There's lots of people that are going out into a field saying where is or where are the apple trees or the orange trees, but they never planted seed. Where's, where's the harvest? There's no seed in the ground. And Jesus said the seed is the word of God. And who in this room and who watching right now will say, you know what? I'm ready to plant seed and that seed is the word of God. It may not be the sexiest thing I've ever heard. It may not sell many conference tickets, but it is, it is the path, the sole path to miraculous provision is the seed of the word of God. 
Who's ready to plant that? I want to pray over you. If that's you, slip up your hand right where you're at and online. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Lord, for those with uplifted hands, Lord, I come in agreement with them right now. There's just a few of us. Maybe there needs to be more. But Lord, for those with uplifted hands and those with symbolic uplifted hands, watching online and watching on TV, I agree with them right now and I say, Lord, we're planting seed. We're going deep into the word of God and the word of God is Jesus and we come with great expectation. We will see the dead rise. We will see blind eyes opened. We will see the deaf here. We will see, see miracle provision. I want you to think about what it is that you need provided to you. And I want you to know the path is faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God in the dispelling of unbelief. Cry out to the Lord and say right now, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. You're on the path to the miraculous. Lord, we receive all of this and we pray all of this. In Jesus' mighty name. One last time, on TV or on social media, in those in the room, where are you at with the Lord tonight? Maybe you're saved. Maybe you've gotten saved, but you've fallen away. And by falling away, I don't mean that you struggle with sin. You're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. That's not what I'm talking about. You don't lose your salvation that way. But Paul wrote to the Galatian church and he says, I warn you now, as I've warned you before, that those who live like this, and he named a bunch of sins, will not inherit the kingdom of heaven, again, written to Christians. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 15, it says, those who have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Baor, love the wages of wickedness. If we have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it and overcome, we are worse off at the end than we were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their back on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. Second Peter 2, 20 through 22. If that's you, Christian, in this room or watching, I want, you, I want to put your heart at ease. The man that is speaking to you right now relies completely and totally on grace. I have fallen away. I am not disgusted by your sin. I myself am a sinner saved by God's grace. I don't have the right to be disgusted by anybody's sin because I've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God myself. I understand. If you need to get your life right with God, if you're in this room or you're watching, stretch out your hand right where you're at. Praise you, Lord. And I want to ask you, if you're in this room, to take one final step. It's a courageous step, but I want you to take it because I want to get hands on you before we close tonight. I want to put my hands on you and pray over you. If you raised your hand and you're in this room, I want you just to walk right up here to the front and meet me here so I can pray over you. And those of you that are watching, you can pray with us. Praise you, Lord, tonight. Yeah, come on up here. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. You guys, like, back up like a foot because I'm a big, wide dude. There you go. Praise you, Lord. 
Those of you that are right here in front of me, let's pray. And those of you watching, let's pray this together. If you pray this prayer, you pray it directly to Jesus. Your sins, they're forgiven. They're washed away. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Psalm 103, 12. That is you when you put your sin on Jesus' shoulders. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Pray this prayer after me. If everybody in here wants to pray, you can pray it out loud too. It's up to you. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, and I now turn from them, and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' name. There you go. You didn't join a denomination. You joined the family of God. Praise you, Lord, and praise you, Lord. Let me just pray over you before we go tonight. Lord, right here, we seal our sister in the covenant right now. We seal her in the covenant right now in Jesus' name. Angels around her, protect her, guide her, be with her forever. Victory in Jesus' name. Victory right here, right now, in Jesus' name. Forever, we seal, we seal our sister in faith right now, in Jesus' name. Victory right now, in Jesus' name. We seal her in the Holy Ghost right now. Sealed in the Holy Ghost right now. Sealed right here, right now, in victory in the Holy Ghost. Sealed in the Holy Ghost right here, right now, in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord, and praise you, Lord, and praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, and thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're good, We're good guys. Thank you. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. We're good. Thank you. We're good. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Just follow our guys wherever they tell you guys to, to go. There you go. Praise you, Lord. You can follow Pastor Ryan over here real quick, and he'll take you. We have a free gift for you. So if you want to come back just for a moment. Sorry, Pastor Ryan. No, you're good. If you want to go ahead and just follow Pastor Ryan here just for a moment. All right, let's close up together. Stand with me, everybody. Lord, we love you tonight. We praise you tonight. And Holy Spirit, Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity. Lord, this is the only July 5th of 2021 there will ever be, and we spent it together on this eve. And I thank you, Lord, for the honor of being here with my brothers and sisters. I thank you for the honor of allowing me to preach at the River Church with these great people. And Lord, I pray your abundance. The thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But you've come, Lord, to give us life, and life to its full abundance, and we receive it tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, and the church shouts one more time, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Thank you tonight. I appreciate you. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now, 
to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved.